the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills 90210 fans, welcome to 90210 So, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT. Joining me, as always, is my buddy Tim. Tim, how are you? Good, JT, and welcome everybody to what's going to be season two of our coverage here on 90210 So. And if you're listening to this episode, you are now hearing us exclusively on our network 90210 So. We used to be I guess you call it simulcast on mm-hmm. uh, the North-South Connection and here on 90210. So now exclusive to this podcast feed. So we thank you if you if you uh, found us on your own or if you followed us over from uh, the North-South Connection. Either way, um, we're glad you're here. And um, yeah, it's a it's a dawning of a new era for us and for the show, right, JT? Yeah, I mean, it was our old yardstick, right? We said our goal, if we got through season one, we'd feel accomplished. We'd feel like we really stuck with it and did something. So and that did. was fun. <laughs> uh, and we're through it. And now we're going to set a new yardstick. We're going to say we're going to get through season two, right, Tim? We are, yes. Okay. So we've got some uh, some more episodes to cover this time yes. out, but that's okay. It's it's still not the peak of, of these long seasons of this 90s <laughs> serialized drama. But uh, we're not alone. We have some help. We have a special guest joining us each and every episode. And in this case, we've got a returning guest. So we Yeah, he's been with us a couple of times. Like, well, he's been with us a couple of times before. Yeah. Uh, so we won't have to dig deep into his history, but he is our good friend, Mr. Drew Warlaw. Drew, how are you? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. And congratulations on starting season two. Huge Thank accomplishment. You. Thank you. We are very excited to be here. And again, to be uh, solely on our brand new feed, be sure to share it around. Uh, like Tim mentioned earlier, if uh, you found us or you realize you're here, maybe someone you know that listens isn't, be sure to let them know as well. And just share it around. If you're a 90210 fan, you want to get the word out so they can all listen in and enjoy all the other fans. All right. Season two. Here we are, guys. We are uh, episode 23 overall in the series, but it is the first of the summer season. So this originally aired on July 11th, 1991. The title of the episode is Beach Blanket Brandon. And I know we've talked about this before, but it was definitely interesting how uh, they decided to do this summer season. So the first season ended on May 7th, 92, 28 episodes. And this dropped, what, not even... I mean, just two, two months, months later, some change. Yeah. After that finale, um, which is crazy. You figure after going that hard for, for as many episodes as they did that first season, this cast uh, and crew would be due for more of a break. But no, not so much. They don't have a lot of downtime here. Um, certainly not a lot of time for other projects either. So we're getting right back to it with this summer season. Well, And, and, if- and that's going to. It's going to be kind of a trump card for this series, right? This is how I think they pick mm-hmm. up um, and really maintain that that steady viewership. I mean, we talked about how the ratings had been trending up towards the end of that first season. They're getting better, yes. but 
but that momentum was going to take a hit if they're taking a traditional, you know, three to four month break for the summer, not coming back until the fall. You, you wonder how much of that you're going to retain and do you have to start from square one again? That, that would be a real blow uh, to this series. That was um, kind of, again, picking up some steam. So this was a real coup on, on the part of the producers and I guess the Fox network to bring it back in this fashion. Well, if you think of shows even nowadays, like, you know, we were talking <laughs> earlier about like Better Call Saul or whatever. It's, you know, this mm-hmm. final season is split, right? And it's like the first part was in April to May, and now it's came back in July, similar, similar to this. But yeah. that was like seven episodes and six episodes, not 28 and <laughs> 31 or whatever it is. It's like, exactly. you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, So season one, like we said, ended in May, and ratings were, you know, they were picking up, like we said, but they were definitely disappointing um, overall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But doing it this way ends up being what really saves the show. Um, because they are the special summer season, a lot of other shows were in rerun. So it's not like today where shows are either streaming or a network are constantly dropping, right? Unless you're your real tentpole franchise shows that run, mm-hmm. you know, This Is Awesome shit like that, right? That run September to May still. Uh, there's a lot of other shows on other networks that run the gamut. So nowadays we're pretty lucky. We have first run television all year. Back then, it was literally like TV season, which was basically mirroring yeah. what school, right? It's like September to May, and in the summer you were get you had sports and you know news and reruns, and like like that was pretty much it. Um, this is something that you and I, I, I think. Um forget and i'm mm-hmm. glad that you brought it up that that there was a time when it was really that kind of academic school year model with these shows and you know i think maybe uh younger listeners of this podcast or just younger people today kind of take for granted you do have just first run television as you said year round and it's like well what what does it matter what time of year it is when you're watching your show it's mm-hmm. just the show was on when it's on <laughs> like but, i think the idea I mean, then was probably what that like more people are out doing stuff in the summer you're less I likely to so. be indoors watching shows yeah. they didn't want to burn ratings during a time where everyone was out later because it was lighter out later uh you're more likely in the winter to be home watching program and they would take the same break around the holidays right because people are doing holiday parties etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously that's changed and, and this would be the season where the show really increased, like it takes off the, the ratings go up dramatically and it becomes a top show and it comes back in the fall again. So, um, this season is kind of split. It's all nominally season two. It's 28 episodes. I think there is a little break, uh, at the end of the summer. In like here about before. two weeks, I think. It's yeah, so I think they delineate. Like, yeah, it's August 29th. Yeah. They kind of take Labor Day off. And then I think they come back. And when they come back, they're back in school. So we kind of have like seven summer episodes set literally in the summer. And yeah. it made it feel like we were with them for the year. Right? Like, cause like we got For the whole the, summer, yeah. Yeah, we got through the end of the year. And now we're with them in the summer. Then we're going back to school with them. Uh, so that's clearly like it makes you feel more of a uh just like a vibe like okay we're year round with these with these folks and this episode yeah. here gets a 19.1 uh, million viewers uh that is up from our finale i believe just want to check real quick okay the finale actually uh yeah the finale was 15 so okay a lot of people tuned in nothing else to that watch let me see how the show yeah. is yeah 
and we're off and running from there. So, Drew, any thoughts on any of that before we get into the episode? Uh, no, just to kind of echo what you guys said, I mean, about the typical TV season back then, and you'd have the, you know, the big who shot Mr. Burns or something, mm-hmm. and then you have to wait all summer long to find out. Um, yeah, and I, I think you guys are right on. It's People are traveling, people are having barbecues, people are out running around, and, the, you know, it gives the actors a chance to take a break, but also it... it if they have a summer season and the, the the ratings are all cut in half, I mean that that's that's not smart business because then maybe you get canceled or something. So, right, exactly. So it was definitely a roll of the dice, uh, and I think it ended up being a shrewd one, especially when you have a, a show based on the school year. Why not let us follow the summer a little bit? And it ends up working. It clicks, and this is what gets the show in a roll. And I think you could almost immediately feel like, you know, season one. I think all through it felt different right as longtime viewers of the show you know until we've talked about this like for me i'm not as in tune with the older season uh season one even this season and you know as much but this one i know better um season one to me always feels like almost like a very different show now there's great parts of it we've talked about we've mm-hmm. had you know perfect episodes but uh this to me is when this show starts to feel like this show yeah and this is a not only is it breaking the model and breaking the mold in terms of the broadcast, the the typical broadcast schedule, but the structure of the show is going to be pretty different from the jump as well, where we're, we're not sticking to that very rigid, um, like a plot B plot structure that, that you had in that first season where it's, uh, here's Brandon doing a thing and here's Brenda doing another thing. And maybe they'll meet in the middle at some point and, or at least they'll have some sort of, thematic connection we really don't do that um from here out it's it's more loose in terms of yeah it's more serialized it's you know you've got things being set up and and we're gonna see even in this uh this season premiere you'll you'll see little subplots be set up late in an episode that just carry that just carries on throughout several more episodes um it's not like you're gonna get these quick and neat and tidy resolutions um episode in and episode out so that's something that um you know it is making a break with with uh its immediate past mm-hmm. here which I, and if we do I get those we'll both agree is for the better oh yeah and if we do get those they're more um like standalone episodes like yeah. though yeah. versus in the past that was kind of the norm now like those are like capsule episodes we make at time to time but the general presentation of the show is more serialized where it's it's just a long running arc mm-hmm. you know stuff comes and goes but the show just kind of flows episode to episode much more smoothly and right out of the gate we have a brand new intro we have a new the, the theme song is cleaned up it's more synthesized yeah. <laughs> there's less light chords this is kind of hard riffs yeah hard, 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 harder yeah. riff yeah this this is yeah. the summer of uh never mind coming out so there you go yeah <laughs> so we're definitely uh hitting it harder it's so, like even that feels now like okay here now we're off and running into the show like we're off the dun, 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 dun. You know, like that part from yeah. season one is this, gone. And, this is the 90210 yeah. theme that right. most Everyone people knows. are going to be, yeah, more familiar, familiar with, more iconic. Right. Um, we get the, I mean, in the the opening um, credits, you know, you'll get the the be- the mm-hmm. a lot of the beach setting stuff, which is going to carry carry us throughout. I don't know. I feel like the next two seasons of opening credits really mm-hmm. they um 
they don't make many changes uh, to this for a while. Um, so this is what a lot of people think of when they think of 90210 in the high school years. Uh, it's really stemming from this this little mini summer season. It's going to be very influential um, from top to bottom here. All right, well, let's dive in. We start on campus. We see a school's out cake in the Blaze office as Andrea thanks everyone for a great year, but she's kind of rambling, and Brandon cuts her off and says, when the bell rings, we're done. So tighten it up. Uh, we cut to a chaotic class. It's obviously the last day of school. Paper airplanes are flying around. Kelly says she's ready for a great summer. Donna reveals she has to take summer classes. Brenda says she will be, too, because she wants to study acting. And Kelly kind of seems a little annoyed. She thought her girls would be hanging out on the beach with her. Uh, we see David and Scott. They're walking down the hallway. David is ready for summer. He wants the beaches and the babes. But Scott reveals he has to go stay with his grandparents in Oklahoma. And he's kind of down about it. And David says, hey, there's probably girls there. And they never met a Cali guy. So, you know, you might do okay. Uh, Kelly's all over Brenda and Donna about their classes. She feels deserted for the summer. Brenda tells her to stop thinking about guys. And Kelly says, sounds like it's that time of the month. And Brenda reveals what we learned at the end of our cliffhanger at the end of season one about nine weeks ago, that she is now five days late and she is panicking. So, Drew, what do you think of our intro here, wrapping up school? We kind of pick up pretty much a week after we left off, timeline-wise. Yeah, yeah which I, I love. I, I think that's a really cool move uh, to, to just pick up so it's you get that continuity. Um, and it's you know it's like the next day of school almost from the from the party uh, that ended last season. Yeah. So yeah, uh, very classic '90s. Um, I love a last day of school scene where everyone's just going nuts and yes. not paying attention. That I love that. Um, uh, David calls. Uh, he, he refers to Scott as a California stud. No, no girl in Oklahoma has ever seen a California stud. <laughs> so he's just, to, he's just trying to prop his poor boy up. His, yeah, he knows he's in for a rough summer. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good friend. Good for him. Um, yeah, and then and then we get the reveal. Now, I do, do you guys think? So, how many viewers did this do? Nineteen million. Yes. Yep. Do you think? Do you think any of that was off the back of the kind of cliffhanger we had? Uh, at the end of last season with Brenda? Uh, I would say that's definitely part of it. I would probably say word helps. price spread. Yeah. I'd say they retained a lot of audience. I think on, piled on top of that would be just nothing else going on. So I think, yeah. you know, I'm not, we're not privy now to what the ad campaign looked like, but I'm sure it was probably decent around like this cliffhanger, like tune in, is Brenda pregnant uh, kind of thing, I'm assuming. And again, this is being so unique. And if you look at the week this aired, too, I'm curious. Um, I'm going to look up when the MLB All-Star game was in 1992. <laughs> and because I'm curious, like, if they really had this week almost to itself. So July 13th was the All-Star game. This aired July 11th. So no baseball likely during this stretch either. Um, they really had like a wide open audience on this mm-hmm. night because there is yeah. nothing else cooking um, middle of the week middle of the yeah summer. it's a thursday it's a thursday night 31 All-Star years game. to the date of our recording this <laughs> yeah that's pretty crazy wow. i don't even notice that <laughs> oh that's cool yeah yeah, yeah so so yeah, yeah I mean, you're not I, hearing you're not hearing this on july 11th but it is july 11th yeah. peek behind the curtains here as as we're recording the episode pretty wild that is that's pretty cool wild. yeah um so yeah, I, I love the way they they got right into it though. Like, all right, mm-hmm. this is what's going on with Brenda, sharing with her friends. Let's go. Very yep. cool. 
Tim, any thoughts on those opening couple? Um, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> as I was saying earlier, you know, the, the actors don't get much of a break between these seasons either. And I, I do wonder if uh, poor Jenny Garth needed one because her voice is just wrecked. <laughs> yes. And, uh, it's gone here <laughs> to the point that they have to work it into <laughs> the show. Like Donna's Donna even says, Kelly, I think you should work on uh, getting your voice back <laughs> more so than your tan. So I don't know what was going on there. A little summer cold. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to listen to uh, so Jenny Garth and and um, uh, Tori Spelling have mm-hmm. their own 90210 podcast where they are um, rewatching the series and giving kind of behind the scenes coverage, I guess. So I've I've been curious to know um, number one what that's like. I haven't listened to an episode, but uh, if she has any recollection of what the deal was here. But um, anyway, that stands out. But this is just a good uh, opening sequence that very quickly catches us, us up with all of the characters, where they are, who they are, and what they're going to be doing. Um, right away, we we learn why poor Scott has been kicked out of the opening credits. Uh, not that we saw a lot of Scott in that first season anyway, but right. he'll be packed off to Oklahoma here. So Yeah, we won't be seeing yeah. him until, until we're back in school in the fall at least. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, get a big break from Scott here, um, but I, I just like Drew, I, I love a last day of school scene, um, and I love that we get to see this last day of school because we forget that that first season finale, you know, it was all about the Walshes perhaps mm-hmm. having to go back to Minnesota. It was not actually the last day of school. It was just when the school year was winding down. Right. So uh, here's the actual last day. Uh, the Walshes are sticking around. That's great. And, you know, to, to Drew's point, this is very soon after that finale. It must be if Brenda is saying she is only five days late, we had just established that she was late at all in mm-hmm. that season finale. So what are we talking to three days at the time? This is right. Right. I mean, this is right. This is within days of that happening. Right. So that's a, you know, it almost makes it almost makes that finale in this premiere like a, a low key two-parter mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's it could be even the, be the next day i mean because mm-hmm. yeah you're right if she knew she was late enough to be a concern for it uh, to be a concern yeah it's gonna be probably within a few days at least so all right andre and brandon chat about their near miss uh they want to clear the air before the summer andre says it was no big deal but brandon says i don't want her to sweep it under the rug uh but andre stays cavalier says they hope they can say friends and brandon tells her or she tells brandon to have a great summer and he gives her a kiss on the cheek I wasn't a big fan of the scene. I thought mm-hmm. they made it like they were, it was like college or like going away for the summer, like where we weren't going to see, like they weren't going to see each other the way they talk. And mm-hmm. I, I know Andrea kind of lives on the other side of the tracks a bit, but I, I don't know. This felt like a dramatic goodbye for people that were probably going to cross paths quite a bit over the summer. Uh, and it, I, I thought they, does. and I get Andrea's trying to play it cool, but it kind of goes against everything we know about her to this point. Like this was her chance and Brandon's clearly still interested. So just because it's not like a one night stand before he leaves, she's throwing the towel. Like it just seemed odd. Like it, it went against everything we know, which is that she has a major crush on Brandon. And I know that that was a very whirlwind romance that they threw at us. Mm -hmm. Um, last time around, but this feels like almost like they're trying to do a debt clearing to just sort of sweep it under the rug and be like, Oh, Hey, yeah, it happened, but we're not going to talk about that anymore. It's like, yeah, we just did that to get it out of the right. way. 
but we're done with that. But not really, though, because I think it, I think it lingers here into season two. I think. And but the, I think it does. But in a way, they they still sort of act like it it never happened in the first place. It's like for them to have that kind of history and get to that point and then go back to the sort of mm-hmm. will they won't they? It's like well they practically did. So why are we hitting the reset button on them? You know, it's, right. I, I almost it, feel it's like a little weird. It feels like they were stuck. Like you, it feels like it'd be more natural. Brandon rejected it here. Right. If he was kind of mm-hmm. like, look, I thought we're leaving and I don't want it to be awkward and we're friends, but I think maybe they didn't want to like completely disempower Andrea and the whole thing right, by making like right. Brandon's dismissing her. So it, it felt stuck where they had to go back to like, it just feels like Andrea being awkward and nervous, I guess. But mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Drew, the way they went about it? Yeah, it it was for such for such an intense little moment that they mm-hmm. were planning on, and and that was encapsulated in that episode. It it's a little bit of a cheap way out. I guess I guess you're right. They kind of booked themselves into a corner, but they for it to be seemingly just kind of wrapped up really quickly and dismissed it 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 seems odd and uh you know andrea was so she you know she'd kind of made that realization like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go after what i want and then she's just kind of completely uh, backtracking on that and kind of reverting so yeah that that was a little disappointing And, and the to your point the way the goodbye was framed like he brandon gives her a kiss on the cheek and it, yeah, that that felt like okay. It's like have a great summer, see you in the fall. <laughs> yeah, right. it, it it felt it felt like one of his girls of the week in the earlier episodes. Like this is kind of it, and we're not really going to see her. You're not. We're not really going to interact with her anymore. You know. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, yeah, it was an odd approach. I almost feel like. Something should have happened where she got more embarrassed, maybe, and then pulled back because of it. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like yeah. something was missing from how we left. To, like, she was ready to, to sleep with him in the, in the peach pit. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. it, it's not like she was, like, being coerced. I mean, she was, like, putting it all out there. Yeah. And now, a day later, she's like, oh, okay, we're friends. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, it was something that it, it was something that almost happened, and it didn't. That's okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that they also kind of which would be it. fine if they were just friends, but like, yeah. like with Kelly and Brandon, right? Like with them, if it went that way at the prom or whatever at the dance. But this is like she's like obsessed with him. Is yeah. what we've been told all all season one. So she's at the doorstep, and she's the one that kind of breaks it off, and we don't see why. Like she's not nervous. She doesn't feel like she's over her head or out of her league. Like we don't get any of that rationale, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like you could. You could almost use the Brenda pregnancy storyline as a way for for Andrea to sort of want to take a step back and be like, oh, you know, Brenda went through. Not that Andrea is a part of that storyline, but she mm-hmm. could have been like maybe just supporting Brenda and seeing how Brenda has pulled back from Dylan. Maybe Andrea's like, you know what? It is OK to wait and not want to jump into sex because look at what that can due to your right. relationship, which is maybe not the right takeaway, but for Andrea, that could, you could see that being kind of true to her character. Right? Well, it doesn't mean they can't date though. Like, like she has sure, it on the hook sure. overall, you know? Yeah. But it maybe just, she just wants to pull back all together because it's like, uh, it's, right. you know, it's just too intense. It's, you know, feelings. Uh, yeah. They, it, they, it felt like they kind of missed an opportunity at, mm-hmm. at 
some storylines and some drama that could have been effective, at least in the short term. Maybe just like a summer thing or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we should mention, by the way, uh, I think we mentioned this briefly on our last episode, but they're going back through junior year when we get to school. <laughs> the levels of that. Yes. <laughs> we are reconning junior really year. We haven't established that yet, but yes. We're going back to junior year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kelly and Donna take Brenda to get a pregnancy test. Donna says abstinence works, you know. Uh, so we, I don't think she's ever – well, did she in the sleep sleepover episode come out and say she's a virgin? I, I don't she remember. She didn't. Exactly. No, no, she didn't say anything in that episode. Um, and she, the closest we've got to her saying she hasn't had sex was when Brenda brings it up and she says something like, oh, I, I think I'm going to be the last person in the world to have – or I'm the only person um, – Right. Oh, the only girl at West Beverly who hasn't had sex yet. And Donna says something like, oh, you're not the only one. Tries to console her. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't come out and say whether she has or hasn't. Just is telling her it's okay and no, she can't be the only one. Uh, we go to the Walsh house. Brenda takes a test. It comes back green, which I guess wasn't an option. So Donna <laughs> thinks it means twins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was good. I, I laughed mm. at that. <laughs> Brenda says she stayed responsible, and now she gets a green result. And she doesn't know what to do. And Kelly says, you got to see a doctor. And Brenda is panicking. She's like, sex was not worth it. All this stress right now that I'm going through. Not worth it. So this felt like a, a poor dig at, at Dylan. <laughs> that whatever, however good it was, was not worth this. So it was, <laughs> it was not a good experience, I guess, for Brenda. Uh, we go to the peach pit. Brandon's bitching about the lack of tips. And that says it's summer. Everyone's at the beach. They're not downtown. That's how it's going to be. Steve comes in. He's fired up for summer. He wants to go party. He's a bonfire at the beach. But Brandon has to work late. He's got to save up for a new car. He's got his eyes on a 65 Mustang, and he wants to save all the way to the end of summer to buy it. Steve says he needs a better job thing. He's not going to do it here. And he tells Brandon to get a job at the beach club. If he wants more money and better benefits, that's the way to go. Uh, Steve kind of nudges Brandon. He feels bad at leaving that in the lurch. And Steve gives Brandon, the manager of the beach club, Henry Thomas, his number to go talk to. Mm. Uh, I thought it's a pretty good scene. It shows Brandon's torn, and we haven't got a ton of that in season one, but we do know that Brandon's pretty loyal to him. We saw that in the baseball episode, that they're starting to build a bond. Uh, so you can really feel like the tension here between, look, this job's not going to get him anywhere near this car for the summer, but he doesn't want to leave his buddy you know, stuck and go work for a different job. And this was a... Uh... When Steve walks in, he goes, "Let the summer begin." Oh, oh, oh! That was a that was a staple. They used that in a in, in the syndication commercials. Mm. So every single oh, one, wow. you, it would like you'd see Steve doing that. So a little bit of a an iconic moment there. Um, also, uh, L.A. is absolutely packed in the summer and and at all <laughs> times. It, it, they make it seem like this is like some small little beach town or something where like, you know, inland, oh, nothing's happening. Everyone's at the beach, but there's right, like it's Atlantic city or something. <laughs> right. Or yeah, walk. The, there's, there's tens of millions of people right. <laughs> everywhere there. So not at the and beach, but yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that definitely cracked me up. Nat's like, Brandon in the summer, people aren't eating in town. It's like, what are you talking yeah, yeah about? in town. Yeah. In town. <laughs> it seems like the type of place you'd go after the beach. Like, You'd right, be at the beach totally. all day and then head down to the beach pit at night. Like yeah, that get some feels like a ice thing. cream, milkshakes, yeah. whatever. I mean, I don't think they serve booze, but it's not. No, they're like teenagers a, anyway. So. Yeah, come on. Um, so, yeah, that was that kind of cracked me up. Um, these shows always make 
LA seem like the most glamorous, like small town in the world. Right. Um, yeah. Everyone's running into everybody all over the place. They have yeah. one of five <laughs> locations they're at. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the, but Steve coming in just a house of fire that, that really popped me. That was, that was great. Um, so this just a good scene all around. Um, and poor Brandon counting his pennies here. Still, still trying to buy that new ride. <laughs> You know what I do love uh, that that they've done with Steve and kind of with Kelly and uh, Donna, like all all the all the people, all the non-Walsh people. I really love in a show when they use a character as like a surrogate to explain kind of the world that they're building. So Mm -hmm. Steve always knows. Oh yeah, well down at the beach club, there's this. (laughs) Right, right. You got to call Henry Thomas. Like, and Steve's he's in the know, so he's going to tell you everything that's going on. I I really like that a lot. Yeah, I agree. Better than just a dumb info exposition dump kind of thing. And he's been established as that guy from the beginning too. Like he's always known what's up. So yeah, he's he's dialed in. All right, Cindy and Brenda talk about the summer and how being young and free is wonderful. And Brenda randomly brings up seeing a gynecologist. Cindy kind of presses on that and tells her to speak up if something's wrong. Jim comes in. He says, Dylan's here. And he reminds Brenda that curfew is still the same, even though it's summer. And then Jim and Cindy randomly make out uh, as Brenda leaves. So we get that. <laughs> nice. Happily in love. Uh, Dylan and Brenda talk about the their uh, her late period. They can't figure it out. He reminds her the sex was wonderful and great. It says he'll help her. He'll support her. And if it is, she is pregnant and it's his, it's his problem too. So that's the deal. He's here to support. He's, 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 I thought he was saying all the right things and mostly, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to remind her how good the sex was. Maybe is not the right <laughs> approach, but uh, he, he's not, you know, flinching or backing down. He's, he's a kid. He's taking this in and he's saying he's going to support her. Yeah, he. I, I thought. I thought he responded in in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I thought I kind of winced when he said it's my problem too. I wasn't right. sure if Brenda was kind of gonna gonna go from there, but um, no. I mean, mm-hmm. I I think he. That's the best you could hope for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a nice showing from Dylan here. He he does say all the right things and uh, important. Uh, this is one of two. I think reminders to the viewers in this episode that uh, they were safe. They, this is not an oops. Uh, we had an accident or eh, we were just careless about it. Like, Oh no, we were, we were safe every time, but, but the only truly safe sex is no sex. As, right. as Donna, Donna as Donna says, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as Donna um, will uh, clue us in later. So, um, I, I think that was kind of important to get across as well that, yeah, importance of safe sex, like these, these kids were responsible, but, you know, sometimes accidents can, can still happen. Mm-hmm. not a hundred percent. Right. So. All right. We go to the beach. Brandon's at lifeguard tryouts. There's a lot of studs there. We meet Henry Thomas. He's barking orders and warnings about the beach rescue. <laughs> uh, and he wants to see him in action. Uh, so then we cut to Brenda. She's at the gynecologist with Kelly and Dylan. Uh, they're there behind Cindy's back. Kelly explains to Brenda what the stirrups are, how they work, because she's never been. Brandon, uh, we go back to the tryouts. He's struggling. The tryouts are pretty intense, I thought. This, this seemed like a pretty rigorous uh, activity he was putting them through. Trying to find the best lifeguard. Uh, we go back to Brenda. She's chatting up the doctor and reveals she got her period while she was waiting for the doctor. And she's relieved. 
Uh, they talk about sex and responsibility, and he wants to still set up an exam for the future. I thought they uh, went pretty quick on this payoff and the relief of Brenda. Yeah. After being the mm-hmm. big summer, uh, you know, cliffhanger, they pay it off pretty fast without much drama. Brenda tells Dylan and Kelly the news. Dylan asks Brenda to get on the pill, and she's pissed. It calls him selfish, and Kelly backs her up. So, uh, Tim, do you feel like Dylan pissed away the goodwill he had to this point with this uh, telling her to get on the pill? Maybe wait till tomorrow to bring that one up. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like, I see your point, but, you know, your timing really sucks. Um, Kelly tells him he's just such a guy about it, which mm-hmm. I think is a good way of, of putting it. It's it's much different when you're in this situation uh, at as a, as a young woman versus a, a young man. <laughs> um, but it, this is a very quick wrap up for, you know, our season one cliffhanger so much so that I, I sort of questioned whether like, is Brenda telling the truth here or is she just freaking out over, you know, she, she makes the comment about the stirrups. She's never been to a gynecologist before. This isn't even, you know, her family doctor, um, is she just so freaked out by this experience that she's saying that because she wants to get out of there? That, no, that's, I think that's like, what I thought at first. It kind of read that way. Like when the, the gynecologist comes in, cause she had mentioned right. earlier that, um, Oh, like it's a man and most gynecologists mm-hmm. are men, but then the, you know, this big guy walks in and it, it kind of read like she freaked out and said, no, no, I'm fine. And, and got out of there quick. Right. Yeah, I could see that. I, I did think at first maybe she was just saying it. To, she was panicking, but I, I don't think she lied. I think she really did get it. I think it was just the delivery. She, she, yeah, they're going to they're going to reveal or establish yeah. in, in mm-hmm. a couple scenes later. Are you OK with really blowing off this quickly, though? Well, well that... I, at first I was like, hmm, that that seems very, as he said, undramatic and just with so little fanfare to be like, well, that's it. But realistically, looking at this situation, in in the real world, this would not be a, a difficult question to answer, right? Is right. she pregnant or is she not? And, you know, we as viewers, I, I think the show realizes and the, and the producers, the writers are smart enough to realize they're not going to do a teenage pregnancy angle with, with this central character. So really the focus should be on um, how Brenda feels about this in the aftermath of the situation, not – Oh, how is she going to be preparing to become a teen mother? Like that's right, right. That's not going to happen. So let's put the focus just on what this means for her and for her relationship with Dylan. And to be, and I don't, I don't know how much we need to get into this, but as I understand it, the writers were kind of backed into a corner and and even needing to do this storyline. As I understand it, they got a lot of flack from viewers as they put it um in the midwest <laughs> in the flyover <laughs> states about brenda and dylan having sex um so nonchalantly and without consequences and you know how this was immoral and a bad message to send out uh to the youth of america in 1991 so they got pressure from the studio to mm-hmm. create basically create consequences where there were none to begin right. with so that's Really what leads to Brenda and, and Dylan, um, you know, their relationship kind of coming apart here. But we will get to that. So I, I think that this was just a really a means to an end. Um, but they're going to wring as much drama out of it right. as possible once that question is answered 
is quickly resolved. No, she is not pregnant, of course. Yeah, I, I was actually but, okay with wrapping it quick uh, versus dragging mm-hmm. it out. So that, that yeah. that's that's pretty interesting, uh, Tim, that you said that because I, something I was going to bring up, and we'll, we'll get to it, but just the, how tonally different this episode is than like the the dance episode in terms of how they treat sex. Right. Um, that it, right. it feels it's like a total 180 um, and kind of a contradiction of that episode. But uh, the, it, it's kind of speaks to uh, uh, what Scott was saying in, uh, I guess, the last episode mm-hmm. where he where he had brought up, like, um, you know, why they were doing that cliffhanger. And Our guest, that. Scott, not Scott. Right. It, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I apologize. Yeah. Um, where he, he kind of brought up like the the how much need there actually was for a cliffhanger in that right. first mm-hmm. season. So, yeah. Um, if, if I could talk about, uh, the tryout scene for a minute. Um, well, you know, let's get through, let's let, let me cover the next one. Then we'll talk about the whole tryout thing. And sure. Whole, sorry. Let's get to this part. No, it's okay. Uh, so Brandon's, he still sucks at the trials. He's struggling to swim. Henry wraps things up and says, he'll make his decision by the end of the day. Henry and Brandon talk about his job at the Peach Pit and his goals to be outside and make money. Henry likes his humility and on the spot offers him a job as a cabana boy. Says he can start tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And Brandon kind of hesitates. He's like, look, I got this other job. I'd have to give a notice. And he goes, I got 35 interviews for cabana boys. Uh, no two-week notice. You either take this job and start tomorrow or it's off the table and I'm going to do these interviews and there'll be someone better. I'm basically on a whim taking a shot at you. Uh, all right, Drew. So, what did you think of all the trial stuff and and how it wraps here? So, he's he's hilariously uh, undersized mm-hmm. from the all the other people, even even the one girl lifeguard. They're all like a foot taller than him. Yes. Um, very funny uh, visual there. Henry Thomas barking orders like a drill sergeant. Um, also really funny and and kind of plays along like. Um, it's similar to like Baywatch, where mm-hmm. like lifeguards are like the most important uh, entity, you know, anywhere around. Um, so I, I like that. That 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 felt very uh, very nineties to me. Um, it also feels like, and I don't live in LA, Drew. You're more dialed into this than <laughs> me, but like, it's this isn't Rhode Island or New Jersey or wherever where there's a beach season, right? Like. Shouldn't there be lifeguards and the beach club runs like year round pretty much? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Is it odd that like the beach club is ramping up for this big summer season? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're probably busier in, right. in the, in the summer um, and maybe have more. Well, no, it wouldn't, they wouldn't even have more tourists or anything. Um, right. Cause it's a, it's like a local beach club that you have to be a member of. No. So they should, they should be pretty well staffed year round um i mean there's like two months maybe that uh or two weeks maybe even that you you couldn't be at the beach here so yeah (laughs) a little odd this is beverly hills people don't eat in town in the summer and we (laughs) don't hire lifeguards january (laughs) through april that's it it's only beach season it's just just the the massive shift yeah but (laughs) may to september it's the only beach is staffing up for the beach (laughs) may to september that's it (laughs) <laughs> Tim, what do um, you think of uh, the tryouts here? Um, I, I like the, I just like the visual contrast of poor Jason Priestley, who is a legit pretty small 
dude. Yeah, um, that that's like that was like all, a rib on him. That felt like yeah, it had like all these extras who were just gigantic, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know. It, they kind of set it up like, oh, he's going to be, you know, the, the, the overachiever. He's like going to smoke all of them. And it's like, no, he he gets his ass handed to him here. These tryouts. Um, and Henry Thomas is just taking pity on him, essentially. And, you know, th- thinks it likes his attitude, which he does have a good attitude talking about how uh, he's not trained in, in ocean rescue, but in, in lake and river. rescue. <laughs> you know, he, he had that Minnesota experience. Whole different ball game. So Brandon tells Cindy about the new job. She's sorting recycling. So a little ahead of her time here. Uh, Brandon's <laughs> confident that Nat will be okay, but Cindy's not so sure about that. Brandon's obviously trying to convince himself here that this is an okay thing to do. He butters up Brenda, asks her to fill in for him at the pit until Nat finds someone else. But he kind of stops short. He realizes she's upset, and she tells him what happened and says she wanted a cool boyfriend and she wanted to have sex. And what you want isn't always as great as you think it'll be. Uh, Brandon kind of tries to walk her through it, and she says, don't tell parents. Uh, but we cut to the kitchen, where as she's recycling, so not just doing this for fun, Cindy finds the test box. Her and Jim angrily confront Brenda. Uh, I, I shouldn't say angry. They, they just kind of confront her about it. They clearly say they're not angry. Brenda comes clean and tells them the truth, and Jim says, <laughs> it may be his best line so far, uh, did you do something that gives you the reason to believe that you're pregnant? <laughs> Yeah, she sat on the toilet, Jim. Uh, Brenda admits that like she's having. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, I sat on a toilet seat, Dad. What do you think? Like... Brenda admits she's having sex, and Jim gets stern right away, but Cindy keeps him calm. Brenda tells him the full deal, and Jim says she warned. I warned you about Dylan, but she defends him and says it's, it's on you guys. You're freaking me out. Jim says today sex is not a game. Of course, uh, accurate here in 1991. Brenda heads out with Dylan, and Jim says he wants to talk to him, but Brenda and Cindy put a stop to that. Dylan is all anxious when he sees that Brenda's holding the pregnancy test box. I thought that was a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. He, like, spots it. He's like, oh, what's what, going on? What, what are, why are you doing that? Or what? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, Jim's mad at himself uh, for being, like, his dad about the sex stuff, right? He basically says, I was, like, he was an asshole about it. I'm being an asshole about it. But Cindy says he did okay. It was a shock. Uh, and they say, you know. And I think this is a good scene because this sets up the next few years of Brenda and her parents. If we can't make rules for her, she's just going to ignore them. Uh, so this is pretty prescient. And Cindy says they have to trust her. So I don't know, Tim. I, this is all pretty well done. I think these were tense. The way they were executed with Jim and Cindy trying to toe the line between obviously being aggravated, but trying to uh, be understanding. Brenda clearly showing uh, not defiance, right? She's defending her actions, but also showing that she maybe learned from them. She's not defiantly saying, no, I'm going to keep doing this. So this is pretty good across the board. Yeah. Uh, super awkward, but I mean, it has to be, um, these are conversations. I don't know if they take place today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am not a parent. Um, I mean, back then it, it feels pretty true to 1991. It also, um, I mean, they don't get into it, but some real double standard stuff here where, they know yes. good and well Brandon's been banging mm-hmm. every girlfriend of the week. I mean, I guess he he really did in that first season. But they know, you know, he he had – I mean, they brought his girlfriend from Minnesota in from mm-hmm. out of state who was under their supervision and care, and look what happened. And that was just kind of a, eh, go get him, Tiger. Kind of. 
kind of situation. And here it's, you know, I, I get that what's prompted it is a possible pregnancy scare and that is much different. Um, but still it's, you know, you're treating your, your one child one way and, 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 mm-hmm. you know, the other in a completely different light. And that is, well, and especially here though, where she may have gotten pregnant. So I think what's also going through yeah. the head is we are stupid, you know, like not only did you have sex, but we were, you know, stupid about it and unprotected. You're responsible. Right. Even says it like, you know, we should do something that would make you think that. And at first when he says, you kind of think he means to have sex. I was like, of course you idiot. But I'm guessing he meant unprotected sex. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I would think and, that's and kind of what, is what kind it was of, meant to come across as. Brenda is kind of flippant about it, given just the fact that, I mean, these are her parents and she's so. Like, I mean, after, after Jim asked her in that very obtuse way, um, did you have sex slash unprotected sex? She says, she even says to him, um, you mean like sex? And he says, yes, something like that. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) I mean, so matter if you can't, I mean, not probably the best. It's a very funny line delivery, but probably not appropriate for, for the situation. Um, I did put it down as one of the best quotes though. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's that whole element to it, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, again, I I think this is here kind of because it it has to be, and I, I think it's written well for what it is. If this was like a mandate from the network that said, Oh, and her parents have to come down on her net. They Mm -hmm. have to have the sex talk. Like it's written well for what it is. Right. Um, even Jim, like beating himself up afterwards, saying, oh, mm-hmm. I thought I was so open minded and I sounded, you know, like this conservative blowhard. And, you know, even, you know, Cindy is is not totally on board with this, but still trying to back up Jim and <laughs> like Jim even gets in the line. I want to talk to Dylan. It's like that's the worst possible right. thing right. that could happen here. So Cindy and and. Brenda both have to cool him off um, before that. Well, and he happens. blames Dylan right away. I mean, he's all over. He it. blames like, Dylan. I told right you away. it's bad news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is also going to color Jim and Dylan's uh, interactions for the next several uh, seasons as well. But I, I think, like in in this moment, he showed pretty good restraint. Where yeah. I so you far, know, yeah. You you think like, well, boy, he's here we go, but. Yeah, good insight and and depth from from Jim here. Mm -hmm. And even like when he walks by Dylan, he just kind of says, hi, Dylan, how are you? And that's kind of (laughs) it. Right. Um, Yeah. So it's like, you know, he's he's holding back. He's not going to do anything. He's not flying off the handle. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, this was a good scene. It it was really funny. Him dancing around, uh, (laughs) talking to his daughter, asking her if she had sex. That was really, really good. Yeah, yeah. He probably should have laid low. Maybe let Cindy handle that one. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's, he's struggle, right? Jimbo. Yeah, they're, they're like they already know. Again, they already know Brandon's having sex. They can't really just. Mm-hmm. They're they're realizing they can't like outright ban their children from having sex. Right. Um. I'm sure it's something they would rather not know about. It's something they'd rather not happen. But what are they going to do? Really? Like, just hope that they're being responsible. And that's sort of the conclusion that the Walsh has come to um, Mm -hmm. once Dylan and and Brenda are off for the night. 
All right, Brandon comes to the Peach Pit. He's ready to break the news. Uh, and that's sweet to him. Uh, he offers him a free meal uh, oh, before he kills on the news. He's like, hey, what are you doing? You know, it's here to eat. Brandon starts to talk, and Nat thinks he's going to ask for a raise, and he says, cuts him off. He's like, no, you know, I can't afford a raise right now. And Brandon says, I'm sorry. I got a new job, and I'm quitting. And Nat is shook, and he kind of uh, gets down on himself a bit. He goes, I know this dump cunt can't compare to the Blues Club. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon says it's all about the money and the car. And Nat says he would never get in the way of success, but he's crushed uh, when Brandon says tomorrow he starts, and this is it. And he gets a little more mad about it. And then mm-hmm. just kind of walks away. Uh, this was a tough scene. Yeah, rough. I felt bad for Nat. He, he was definitely crushed by this, by Brandon giving him no notice. I, I think he gets it, right? He knows he can't offer the money that the beach club's going to offer Brandon. Um, so I get it. So I, I can kind of see both sides of this one. I, I think, I think given their history and the way Brandon has always been pretty stand up with him, yeah. I, I get why Nat would be upset. But part of me is like, look, it's a 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid, like, just trying to save money. You can't pay him that money, and this is a big opportunity. Like, probably be a little more supportive on this one. I, I get the two-week notice, but, you know, this isn't the C- CEO of a major Fortune 500 company leaving. You know I mean? It's like <laughs> the fucking waiter at the Peach Pit. And Nat has already said it's going to be uh, – I know he says it here. It's like, it's slow, but not that slow. Um, you know, I'm sure you can find someone – I'm sure you can find someone to weigh some tables and sling some shakes for a few weeks. It's like, you know, now I, and I like I was expecting him to say, like, I'll find some temporary. You, you get a job in September kind of thing. You know, like it it felt like that that would have been what Brandon deserved here, given his loyalty so far and his age. Like, again, he's not a kid walking out on like a supervisor job here. Yeah, I, I was kind of expecting that to be relieved hmm. uh, because, again, it's like. This is his business. He owns it. That's one less person that he's got to pay. Uh, you know, uh, during the off season. During the off yeah. season. So, and he said, oh, "I can't run this place by myself." Yeah. Well, you know, you you kind of do what you have to do and run on a bare bones staff if it's like if it's really that slow and business is that hard. Um, yeah. Or you find someone for for uh for a few weeks i don't know he was like i I thought nat was really good in this scene like he 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 was was good yeah he it kind of he kind of went from being like you know crushed and sad to to angry um and it it was a good transition there and also brandon's only worked there what eight months right yeah i mean it's like he's been there six years you know i mean like Yeah. (laughs) yeah brandon is like a son to him though already Already, he's made such an impression on this. This kind well, that's why he man. should be more supportive and be like, "Yeah, go get." Oh, uh, but he he thought Brandon was different from the mm-hmm. others. Um, from the other sixteen-year-olds. From all the other sixteen-year-olds. Find the fucking car then, Nat. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you, Joe E. Tata uh, reached down to a place of real dark pain here for mm-hmm. for this <laughs> this seat. I mean, he looked genuinely hurt but, uh, especially yeah. i mean he went through just a range of emotion it's like he should be teaching that fucking acting class i tell you <laughs> um which we haven't even gotten to but um i mean it's it was impressive here i was like wow i think nat might have bumped up on my character rankings here because this was this was powerful stuff he especially when, when yeah brandon springs it on him no notice and he's just like oh god brandon just, <laughs> I mean, this was this was tough stuff. 
All right, we got a Brenda and Dylan that make it out in the car at the beach, and she still feels mm-hmm. off. It's not about her parents, which Dylan thinks maybe it is. He tries to talk her through it, but she's just all fucked up in the head. Uh, she fell in love with Dylan. She trusted him to have sex with her, uh, but they crossed this imaginary line, and now it's too much worry. It's too much stress. Condoms and pills and gynecologists. Dylan's trying to stay cool. Brenda says they should stop seeing each other for a while. Dylan says she's just afraid, and she says she has to break it off, and she won't back off that stance. Um, we'll t- let's talk more about that in a minute. So Brenda comes in to talk to Jim and Cindy. She announces her and Dylan have broken up. Jim and Cindy says they didn't want that, but Brenda, Brenda says, no, it's, I did. It got way more serious than I wanted it to be. I wasn't ready for sex. Kelly thinks Brenda overreacted, but Brenda says she just wants to be her own person and tells Kelly that Dylan did not take it well, and Kelly just is not sure what to say. Um, Brandon runs into Dylan at the beach club. He tells him about the job. Dylan asks how Nat took it. Brandon says they didn't take it well, and Dylan says, may the Walshers have a way of dumping on people, and tells Brandon Nat's his friend and deserves respect. So the beach club is not worth selling his soul. Uh, all right, so Drew, what'd you think of all this uh, to this point? Uh, quick question. The, the the scene in the car at the beach, was um, was the R.E.M. song supposed yeah. to be playing during that song? Yeah, that's the or one. Yeah. So that's a pretty famous okay. song and scene. It's uh, a big that's one. Losing my religion. That's a big one. Yeah. Um... I, I mean, in my opinion, this is maybe the best scene of the show up to this point, like the best single scene. I, I thought it was really great. It, it had a gravity to it that right. we haven't really seen yet. Um, and, uh, you know, it it, it does kind of contradict the the dance episode now, listen, that we saw you're saying non jackie taylor division right of course yes yes of course <laughs> yeah yeah i should have clarified sorry <laughs> yes those are all the best of course yes um but yeah like it the, there's like a depth to her she's got these complicated feelings um she got into something that turned out to be different than she thought I thought Dylan's reaction and and the acting was really good on both their parts here. Um, I thought Dylan's kind of like surprise and anger, but uh, confusion too. You know, I I thought it was really good. Like uh, this is kind of like a new level for the show, uh, in my opinion. Like it kind of informs a lot of stuff going forward in terms of like just just the presentation of – I kept trying itself. to I kept trying to convince myself that this wasn't a overreaction. Like mm-hmm. I kept trying to put myself in Brenda's shoes. Um it's overwhelming, it's a lot. But I don't know, like it feels really unfair to Dylan. Like Well, it is. That's the tension though, right? Yeah. I mean, this feels super unfair. Like he, he didn't really pressure her to say I mean he kind of did, but not really. Like she was willing, she wanted to like he was happy he waited a long time mm-hmm. you know he's doing well this is a guy that had a problem in the past like it, it kind of felt unfair like I, I i felt it felt unfair like i would i came away from this thinking dylan kind of got screwed yeah i i th- and i, I think, think that's the intention yeah yeah um, yeah i don't know that we're even really meant to side with brenda here other than to i don't know maybe sympathize with the fact that she's a 16 year old girl going through a lot with this whole situation mm-hmm. and yeah, she did overreact because that's what 16 year old girls do sometimes. And I, I think it's also telling that 
what she says here, everything she says before the, and I just feel like we have to break up, Dylan, doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's just kind of a lot of emotional, verbal diarrhea <laughs> um, that I think a 16-year-old sort of thinks sounds profound, but just isn't really. It's It's just them going through a thing. It's just and, those, um, those big feelings that they have. It's you know? big feelings, and and that is to to back up your point, Drew. It's it's such a quintessential scene of of this show being the the melodrama that it is. I mean, it's, it's you know Brenda just having this little monologue here, and Dylan listening intently and reacting, and you get good acting out of out of both of them throughout all of it. But it's also you know, the visuals, the atmosphere, the setting, it's its all that just rolled up into one scene. Um, and I will say that it it loses a lot without uh, the song, <laughs> the real song. I you know, This is one of those times where I know we've talked about this a lot in the past, but this is one you really do want to go out of your way and, and find the real scene with Losing My Religion by R.E.M., Again, um, younger viewers, younger listeners may not even know who that is, but um, do go out of your way and look for it. Cause I, I think it does a lot of the heavy lifting that gets lost when it's just sort of a generic, whatever track right. behind this. Um, it just, it, it, and maybe it's a, maybe it's, it's too of its time. Maybe it's like you had to be there, but it, it really does pack a punch in its original presentation. And I, I don't think we should sleep on that by any means. And, um, yeah, this is this is very much the show continuing that evolution and saying characters are going to make decisions like this that are big and, and very impactful, but aren't necessarily in their own best interest and aren't um, for the viewer to agree with and support. Um, and once again, it's it's the network saying, hey, they had sex. She's a she's a 16 year old girl. Um, we shouldn't be presenting this kind of thing break them up. We can't have that on our network. And, uh, the, you know, the writers are just making the most of it, ringing it for as much drama as they can. Brenda and Donna now head to drama class at summer school. David is there too, as well as Andrea. So they're, they're all signed up for this big Weirdly. class. Yes. <laughs> well, I think we found out later that David's trying to accelerate, right? That, that's mm-hmm. part of it, but, uh, that doesn't come up here. Andrea says she has to spice up her resume. She shows she can have fun. Donna says she needs a quick A. And they have a new teacher, Chris Suter. He's young. He's cute. Tells his whole life story. Kind of a boring monologue to open the open the class. Uh, and Suter asks someone else to do a life story monologue. And he chooses Brenda. She's hesitant, but gets up. We go to the beach club. There's a big volleyball game going on. Steve is showing off while some girls watch. We had a lot of sexy beach B-roll here. Uh, just all, you know, girls in bikinis, guys in t- short short shorts out on the beach. Kelly interrupts the game to tell Steve about Brenda. And Steve's kind of a dick here. I uh, took <laughs> that little bit of douchiness to him. He says they were bound to bust. The Dylan's must be a stack that she pulled the plug. So he's, uh, you know, he's like, oh, Dylan, it was her idea. And Dylan's not happy. Uh, we go back to the office where Brandon interrupts Henry. He's watching Young and the Restless. And he ain't happy. He tells him, look, it's one, one rule. One rule, do not interrupt me during Young and the Restless. Yeah, 10 to 11. That's it. Brandon gives his uniform and tells Henry he can't wear it for a week, and then he can't do this to Nat. He says he would think Henry would want someone with integrity. 
He promises to give the job everything he has if he's allowed this courtesy for Nat. He says he would show Henry the same respect in the opposite position. And Henry says, which I thought was a pretty, uh, I don't think it was intentional, but it felt like um, a little juxtaposition of Brenda and Dylan. You better be worth waiting for. Uh, <laughs> kind of Brenda Dylan situation. That's what Henry tells him. You better be worth waiting for. You should listen to what my old boss had to say. <laughs> All right. So up until Brenda's monologue here, Tim, what do you think of these scenes? Um, okay. So acting class, I thought it was great that, uh, and I wonder if they did this on purpose, how uh, Brenda is, is protesting having to uh, be the first student to deliver a monologue when uh, she just gave a hell of a tour de force monologue in that scene, <laughs> breaking up with Dylan. <laughs> um, and so she sort of draws upon that, right, to, in order to get through this, and it works. And, uh, hey, Chris Souter, this this uh, drama teacher who uh, the girls are, are kind of kind – of, uh, looking at with lust in their eyes uh possible recurring character for one of the rare times so far in this series uh we'll keep an eye on that continue to track this subplot um david doesn't really have anything to do in that scene we don't really know why he's there yet so hopefully that will become clear as well i just thought this was a very late in the episode introduction for um something new and it just goes to show that okay this is something we're going to be following throughout a few more episodes so um you know you got to get yourself out of that mindset of of everything um neat and tidy one and done um this is just how the show is now so a good example of that um in this whole scene with with brandon i think he makes a good point that he that henry thomas should not want someone working for him with so little integrity as to give just a day's notice to to an employer right so i, I thought he kind of handled handled that one well and uh good to know that henry thomas is a fellow soap opera fan uh good little character shading <laughs> for uh for this guy who we've just met big hank <laughs> mm-hmm. uh loved the uh loved the montage the beach montage uh that yes. that, that was awesome um, yeah yeah that that was great that's like that feels like all right we're here 90210 this is the summer let's do it that 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 was awesome um mr Souter looks a lot like elvis mm. a lot like elvis uh, that that was my that was my big note for that yeah um, he definitely did i can see it in the face Hype of the movie yeah. maybe you know yeah yeah totally yeah if you know what if he was only around now he would uh he would have got cast in that movie i bet um the uh that <laughs> the Henry Thomas scene was was silly. I don't was uh, Young and the Restless is that was that an Aaron Spelling production? Was there any kind of tie in there or just kind of no, just a little a question. Uh, general nod I don't at, think so. At, I mean oh, okay. just a daytime. Just, so um I don't know, it's just maybe this is a nighttime, this is a prime time soap. That was a daytime soap, maybe they're just sort of I don't know. Yeah, there's show, an episode of uh, recent episode you heard about Pluto on the North South Connection. Yeah, <laughs> talked all about this uh, soap operas in the '90s, but um, I don't think it was. I'm looking now to see if it's spelling. No, he's he doesn't come up with the article. He didn't so. do the the daytime stuff. He he did he just do the the prime time ones mostly. I think so. As far as I know. Hmm. Um. But yeah, Brandon, given the uh, 
given the the Vader to Bill Watts uh, line about. Uh, so I think the the story is like that that Bill Watts wanted to hire Vader, uh, bring him to WCW or something something like that. But then Vader had prior commitments with uh, maybe Otto Vance in Germany and said, hey, I can't. You know, he wanted him to come over and he said, hey, I can't. I have this prior commitment. And Bill Watts said, all right, then I'll wait. You know, I'll wait for you for that six months or whatever, because if you were to, you know, if, if you weren't loyal right to that guy you wouldn't be loyal to me so that's a that's a good i, I mm-hmm. like that that's that's a good uh, yeah, it was a good, good approach message. for it he did a good job figuring this out and yeah and not looking like a jerk on either side so i don't mm-hmm. um you know what i don't know if uh we should read more into this than there was but when kelly approaches uh steve on the beach mm-hmm. during the volleyball game to basically spill the news that dylan and brenda broke up She's she's also inquiring. Oh, how's Dylan? Have you seen him? Seen him? I right, wonder right. how he's handling it. Like, is this Kelly kind of trolling for you know? Maybe she's got ulterior motives. I don't know. Like, don't know how much of that. Well, we she was to... hot for him a bit, right? Like we she early in the, the season party, one. Yeah, she said in the slumber party episode that she um like went for it when they mm-hmm. like even after they had just started dating because she she was like oh shit this this might be my only shot and uh dylan shot her down we didn't see that but that was the story she she admitted to at least so Mm. yeah we'll see yeah she definitely seemed a little i took it a little bit more as like um she's a little aggravated about the summer school thing and she took it as Mm -hmm. like kind of gossipy like trying to be a little catty about it but yeah i think they could have been Uh all that there too all right, let's get down the home stretch here. Brenda gives her monologue, uh, talks about her breakup, and Andrea says, I'm always the last to know, which was a good line uh, when Brenda reveals she broke up with Dylan while she's talking up, up in front of the class. Uh, good job by Brenda. Suter keeps pressing her on her feelings and expressing them and embracing them, and she ramps up more and more and more and ends up really digging deep and, and delivering some pretty emotional stuff. We go back to the peach pit. Brandon apologizes to Nat. Nat says it's cool. Brandon says, no, I want to give you a week, but Nat says he already found someone. He's appreciative. He gives Brandon a hug and a kiss, tells him to have a good summer. Uh, so that's all good. So he did the right thing, and it worked out because he gets to start at the beach club on time anyway. Uh, our final scene, Andre gives her monologue, which is boring everybody as the class ends. <laughs> Dylan's outside after class. He meets up with Brenda. He just basically is like, why are you doing this? And she says she needs time. Dylan says he thought if they ever broke up, he'd be relieved because he could be his old self. But I guess they fell in love or something. Uh, and stop being a loner. Dylan says he only has himself. Brenda says he can depend on her still, but he's not having it. She just wants time and a break. She still loves him. Dylan says maybe that's what they mean when they say love hurts. Brenda says she doesn't want to be scared with Dylan. Dylan says time will tell if they're meant to be together. Dylan wants to take her home, but she says no. She's going to walk and says goodbye. And I'll be honest, like, this was a shocker. Even watching it all these years later, I wasn't fully ready for it to come and prepare for it. I, I can only imagine in the moment, if you were already hooked on the show or season in, like, what a shock this would have been. Um, this, to me, is the real cliffhanger. They just do it an episode later, right? The pregnancy is the fake out. And yeah. then this is, like, mm-hmm. the real, holy shit, like, I can't believe Brenda broke up with Dylan, right? Because you're assuming all this yeah. time. He's mm-hmm. going to cheat on her. He's going to get drunk and abuse her. Like, right. You're, th- you're assuming something like that is going to happen. You don't anticipate him being a pretty good guy in line 
along yeah. her just getting stressed because it's too much, which again is a defensible position too. You just don't expect it to go this way. So this is a pretty well done swerve, a pretty shocking swerve. You just wouldn't have expected Brenda to be the one to pull the plug uh, without really any kind of instigation from Dylan. Yeah, swerve is the name of the game here. Uh, and Dylan is showing remarkable vulnerability in, in the things that he is saying to Brenda in this scene. And I mean, without it, having to be wrenched out of him too. I mean, he's, he's laying it all on the line here saying how he fell in love with her and, and how uh, their relationship changed him. He was used to being a loner and, and having to take care of himself. And he thought that once this whole thing was over, you know, if, if they were to break up, he could just, right. he could just fall back on old times and now he can't mm-hmm. do that. And so he doesn't know who he is anymore. Doesn't know how to live without her. Basically. It's just, it's a lot. Um, you know, from a character who's been, you know, pretty walled off. He has opened up mm-hmm. gradually over the course of this young series, but this is maybe the most um most most depth we've really seen from him. Just um just coming out all at once. This this is kind of his uh processing and, and response to you know what she laid on him uh in the car on the beach and you know, he's kind of calling bullshit on a lot of this and saying, you know, where does that leave me? Um, because, you know, I feel like I'm getting screwed here and I, I don't know who I am anymore. So, yeah, this is probably not what viewers were expecting <laughs> coming into this second season. Um, yeah, I can't, like you said, I can only imagine being a being a 1991, you know, first run uh, fan of this show, seeing this for the first time. Uh, what was so cool about you know, comparing the car scene to this one was Dylan's reactions in each one. In the car scene, it was like just kind of shock and confusion and some anger. Mm-hmm. Now he's had time to process it, and it's like like he's he's been the guy that's he's always calm, always cool. Well, I guess right. unless he's drinking, but you know he's the cool guy. He's he's got all the answers. He you know he's kind of in control. But now it's like he's really struggling and and opening up and just saying that like he he's only got himself to to depend on now mm-hmm. and he he doesn't he thought that's what he wanted and he doesn't like that feeling just, just well and like, that's why this hurts too yeah because you can see like we've rooted for Dylan like he's come a long way since that episode with the hotel right yeah um and now mm-hmm. you can almost see like a path for him to fall. Yes, and this is it, right? Coming like it almost makes you even double down on being a little angry because it's it's yeah. not Brenda's, you know, it's not on her, right? But it's you almost get mad about it because you're like, shit, like this guy mm-hmm. came so far, and now not only is Brenda a mess, and we like these two together, but now there's a risk I of change my ways, falling apart, and, right? Yeah, I change my ways, and you see where it got me, right? It's yeah, like, and you you, you why don't feel I just it. crawl back into the bottle, you know? Yeah, there there is that that sense of kind of dread too. Because he's, he's like he's he's so on edge and kind of falling apart. It's like we oh man, like we we know, you know this could go down a bad path. All right, let's get to our awards. Uh, best scene, I went with Brandon quitting the peach pit. I think there's a few options, but I thought Nat was great in that scene. Uh, the range that he showed and Brandon, you could feel the pain having to do this. Um, this is one where we, I kind of split the middle between best and important and covered the two top scenes, but that was mm. my choice for best. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I, like, yeah, I kind of see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. 
Yeah, because for most important scene, I went with Brenda dumping Dylan. So I like I feel like it kind of covered okay. the two big, yeah. heavy emotional scenes. Um, the Jim and Cindy was I kind of had that plugged in as most important with Jim saying he couldn't trust Dylan and all that. Uh, but then I thought this usurped it once we got to it. It's a good. Yeah, I think the car on the beach is a good microcosm of just how how much turmoil there's mm-hmm. going to be with this relationship going forward i mean this is hardly the the final word on it spoiler <laughs> what do you think i will i will agree with I'll oh agree yes with, yeah uh, yeah your picks jt okay yeah yeah i'm right there <laughs> all right most 90s look i want steve's uh tight bathing suit and backwards hat while he's playing volleyball felt very 90s mm. <laughs> Ab- absolutely um also andrea with her overalls uh, yes. Yeah. Ooh. With yeah, the shirt, on, like the one. polka dot overalls that only came up to like her her waist. I've got uh, Brandon's casual beach wear as well, where he's just got the short, the like the plaid shorts and the and the uh, again what looks like a hyper color <laughs> t shirt, which probably isn't, but it's just that um that sort of pale blue shirt that we've seen him in in several episodes. Uh, feels very 1991. I right, most 90s moment. I had two. Uh, I had Jim saying these days sex isn't a game, which of course uh, was very 90s, early 90s with the AIDS scares and everything going on. <laughs> and then also Kelly's giant car phone uh, when she's talking to Brett in the car, just you know, probably dangerously grabbed it out of her car, I think, and headed <laughs> over to the arena. <laughs> uh, I, I had the last day of school scene. Mm. I thought I thought okay. that was pretty 90s um, and the beach club montage. Yeah, that that, uh, that was a big 90s uh, scene as well. I have kind of along similar lines. Um, I just put down lifeguard culture where, <laughs> yeah. you know, Brandon's yeah. trying to get the job as well. And <laughs> you guys kind of touched on it as we were talking. Just I mean, Baywatch was on at this point and it acted like. You know, being a lifeguard was just the most important and virtuous occupation in the world. Um, I'm not trying to shit on lifeguards, but, you know, they certainly had a moment in the 90s where I, I almost feel like this was sort of a response to that. Um, so I just, yeah, I, uh, in, a, in a nutshell, I said lifeguard culture. <laughs> All right. Best lesson learned. I went with uh, don't ask your girlfriend to go on the pill immediately after pregnancy scan. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to say, you know, <laughs> that's as good as any because I didn't like any of the lessons from this episode right. otherwise. No. You know? <laughs> no, they were kind of they were kind of ambiguous because one of them was uh, was like, you know, show respect to the people you care about mm. with uh, with like Brandon and the Peach Pit and Nat, but. I, I do think Brandon was kind of justified to take this opportunity. I mean, I, I don't think that was entirely, right. you know, he tried to do the, uh, you know, he, he was a tough spot for him. Um, yeah. He was trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And then, you know, if you kind of extend that, like Dylan said, you boy, you wash is like dumping on people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Brenda was overreacting, but you know, the, those were her feelings and it was just this, tumultuous time for her so that's it's you kind of see it from her perspective as well so yeah i i, I think the pill and i think that's good <laughs> uh best think, of, yeah, gotcha. um, sorry i i think maybe in 1991 a, a good lesson would have been don't 
quit on your employer without giving them adequate notice. Yes. But yeah. I also think 31 years to the day later, <laughs> like workers have such little um, leverage and rights as it is that if you get a better offer, fuck it. Like, yeah, fuck right. it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that really carries the same weight as it did 30 years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, not to get on a, not to get on a whole soup box or whatever, but you know what I mean? It's like, that's not even really a good takeaway <laughs> in today's climate. Um, nor is like, uh, don't have sex at all, even, safely because of what might happen like that's right. not really a good lesson either so mm-hmm. yeah i'll back you up jt and say don't get on your girlfriend about getting on the pill <laughs> she's just out of pregnancy <laughs> all right best hook up i went uh brandon and henry with uh, you better be worth waiting for a while, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, best quotes I had two. Uh, Kelly saying it must be that time of the month when Brenda gives her the shit about the class, which is a pretty good line. And then the one I just mentioned, Henry. Uh, Mr. Walsh, you better be worth waiting for. You know what? I got another Henry Thomas line. It's uh, we, We've said some of my other uh, notable quotes here, but uh, and at the end of this whole rigmarole with Brandon, Henry just goes, who is this gnat? <laughs> Henry has been opened up to this world of like very like uh, important regal people. Apparently, Mr. Walsh, Nat, like the the guys he never knew a minute ago, are like uh, these big moral uh, high ground characters. All of a sudden, this Nat must be impressive. (laughs) It's just rocking the world all of a sudden. He's like, what am I being pulled into? Uh, I love it. Final grade. I, I this is a very good episode. I think it's a little behind the last couple that we had. Uh, spring dance and the finale, but not that far behind. It's still a lot of big stuff happening. Um, I ended up going seven and a half out of ten. Uh, so I I actually went uh, eight out of ten. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was really good, and it had it had a couple like real big scenes, um, and it it really sets the table for. I mean, all the pieces are pretty much in place now. So going forward, like we we know what the summer is going to mm-hmm. be. I'm also going to give it an eight. I, I think on its own, like in and of itself, it's probably more in that seven, seven and a half range based on what we've seen um, of the show, especially recently. But just because, I mean, of that one very pivotal, pivotal, pivotal moment um, on the beach, it's like, I don't know, for for an otherwise kind of, you know, whatever sort of episode to have that kind of, I don't know what to call it, but just cult, cultural cachet just mm-hmm. sort of packs a punch. Um, so that, that's what boosts it, uh, elevates it over just, you know, a seven and a half, which I think I would otherwise give it. So put me down for an eight. Yeah. Other seven and a half to have with the one with Roger um, and then the Brandon's first drink. So this felt like kind of on those dramatic levels mm-hmm. for me. So, all right. Right, right. Let's get to our trackers real quick. Uh, songs we did not hear. Rock and Robin mm. by Bobby Day was at the Peach Pit when Brandon's working and Steve comes in. Uh, Tell Like It Is by Aaron Neville is when Brandon tells Nat he's quitting. Uh, of course, like we talked about, one of the more infamous uh, songs in the show's history, Losing My Religion by R.E.M. when Brenda wakes up with Dylan. Dropping Like Flies by Sheila E. when Kelly tells Steve that Brenda broke up with Dylan. 
And Wake Up Little Susie by the Everly Brothers plays at the end when Brandon tells Nat that he'll stay until Nat finds a replacement. All right, let's get to our other trackers here. Uh, Character debuts, we had Henry Thomas and Chris Souter. Relationships, I went with Brandon Brandon and Henry. Uh, Places and things, I added the Beverly Hills Beach Club. Anything I missed on any of those? And what what about like uh, Brenda and Mr. Souter? Do uh, it, is, you think it's there yet? Well, uh, well, he he made the comment like, oh, to the to the lady, the lovely lady with the mm, dark hair, right. the I beautiful smile, or whatever. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Uh, and no other places, right? I think that was it. Besides the beach club. Yeah. Yeah. Gynecologist office. <laughs> 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 I don't know, have we got that granular? Like, no doubt. I can't remember. Uh, I know we did the hospital when Brenda went for the. We'll assume it's yeah. the same place. Yeah. I know. I don't think they don't do like the establishing shot of right. uh, the Cedar yeah. Sinai building or whatever, like they will in later seasons. But we'll just assume it's the same hospital. Uh, Again, there are only five. We're gonna put it. Any, yeah. And we're gonna put it. <laughs> There's only five places in LA, so it can't be that hard to track. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do our character ranking. Um, so I guess, mm. how do you want to do this, Tim? Because we are going to keep uh, overall. So do you want to keep Jackie on the list? I guess we have to. Right? She'll be back sooner or later. She'll be back. I just feel, and, I I feel bad giving her all these zeros. I know. <laughs> but I, I think she will be back. Well, she'll be taking some more zeros throughout the season. But she will be back sooner than later in this this beach stretch, stretch of episodes. Right, we're going to give Scott uh, the two at the bottom here after Jackie. He's the worst. Uh, do we want to add Henry Thomas to the list? Because I think he's going to be in at least seven right. of these. Yeah. I don't I don't know if he's in anything else, if he comes back in the future. But is that enough to get him on the list, this little summer run? I think he's such a strong character. Like, he, he's pretty pivotal I mean, okay. in these seasons or in these he few He crosses episodes, multiple right? seasons, right? It's not just episodes. I think he does, he's gonna, yeah. He's going to be back at least. Because they do this again in start of the, the third season. So. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, let's put him on. What the All right, hell? but we're going to have him ahead. Nat, right? He's kind of a, the... Right. Where, well, Nat's going to be on him, too. Right. He's still going to be on there, but it's yeah. it's like he's the guy Brandon's working... Like, he, like hey, he's got a relationship with Brandon now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Scott's there. I, I would go David and Donna, I think, working up. Mm-hmm. Um, or would yeah. you have Donna above David? How would you have those two? Mm. I feel like Donna at least had like the apps in his line. Yeah, she she, she had did. lines. Yeah, she had lines. David had a line and like two scenes. Okay. All right, so that's our bottom four. Now we got Henry. Um, I mean, Steve doesn't do much in this episode. I, I hate yeah, to like, Steve, put him low, oof. but yeah, would you put him below Henry? I would. I think below, I would. Below Jim? Below Jim, too? Yeah. Below yeah. Kelly? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Steve is next. Now, how do you want to rank those next bunch? Henry, Kelly, Andrea? You got those three in there. Have we done Nat yet? Andrea. No, not Nat, but I thought he'd be higher. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's fine. I just want to make sure he didn't get lost. Yeah. I would say uh, Andrea right above Steve. See, I think I'd have Andre above Kelly because Andre at least had the on the last to no line. Oh, that's true. And the mm-hmm. opening stuff of Brandon. Which and the is opening kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So let's go Kelly here. Yeah, Kelly doesn't do much, but just lend support to right. Brenda. 
So would you have Andrea or Henry next? That's the question. I I would have Andrea, then then Henry. I thought Henry was really good. He made a good showing, Henry did. Well, how about Henry versus Jim? Ooh. I'll still go Jim above Henry. Yeah. Okay. Just because that whole Brenda um, sex talk was just... I mean, it was so Jim. (laughs) All right, so I plugged Henry in. So here's what we have left to rank. We have Nat, Jim, Cindy, Dylan, Brandon, Brenda. Mm -hmm. I I would say Cindy, mm, Jim, or Nat. Who, what do you I think, think I'd have Nat above Jim. Okay. Yeah. yeah, me too. All right. So you want to do Nat, and then the top three are going to be Brenda, Brenda, Brandon, and Dil- uh, Dylan? You I would, that, I, or do you want to have Nat higher? No, I think that's good for Nat. I would have Brenda above Brandon. Who's oh, our yeah. number one of those four? Is it Brenda? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I think it's Brenda or, or Dylan. I'm going to go Brenda just because this is really it's it's really her episode and mm. and she does a lot with it. Um just from an acting standpoint, I mean she probably gets the most screen time as well, but she she just she makes the most of everything she's in, I think Shannon Doherty in this in this episode. So do you have Dylan one second or Brandon though? I would Dylan say Dylan. Second. Dylan second. And then Brandon or Nat? Uh, I'd say Brandon. Yeah. And then Nat. All right. So yeah. Dylan. A tough one. Brandon. A good finish for Nat here. That's the highest he'll be. Yeah. Sure. Um, all right. So let so me finish up doing these. I love that we're all as high on Nat as we were. That's uh, he was awesome. I thought that was maybe just gonna be me, but man, no, he was great. <laughs> that scene was great for sure. Oh. Uh, so Brandon, five, Dylan. I'm not gonna have too much of a shake up here. Okay, I didn't think so. All right, so here's our episode, and then our overall. So, no points for Jackie Taylor, Scott Scanlon with two, David with three, Donna, Steve, Kelly, Andrea, then the next cut is Henry, Cindy, Jim, Nat, and then Brandon, Dylan, Brenda. And, of course, that also will double as our season two ranking so far. It's only one episode in. And then here are our overall total series rankings. In last place now is Henry Thomas with eight points. <laughs> Jackie Taylor with Jackie Taylor with 13. Nat Basuccio with 61. Just above him now is Scott Scanlon at 66. Oh, Jump on. up to Donna Martin, who's kind of in her own little class here at 85. And we go to David Silver at 130. Andre Zuckerman at 150. Jim Walsh at 168. Dylan McKay has a nice little bump here up to 173. Cindy Walsh at 176. Uh, I'm sorry, actually, Kelly is now at 175. And Cindy jumps her. They've been back and forth a lot. She's at 176. Okay. Uh, Steve had a light episode, so he's up there, 186. And then our top two race, Brandon Walsh at 255, Brandon Walsh at 257 in first place now after uh, beating Brandon by two tonight. So, Any surprises there? Um, I won't say Dylan. surprises yet, just because it's so 
it's one episode into the season, but um, yeah. But even overall, yeah, just Cindy being as hot as she is. I, Cindy being as high as she is, and and Dylan being as low as he is. Well, it, the big issue with Dylan is he missed not a lot in. of episodes. Yeah, yeah. he missed yeah. so many in that first, which I don't think he misses really. No, any from here out. Uh, I mean, he's gonna climb quick. Yeah, yeah. he won't I catch just, Brendan Brandon overall. I think season two he'll be up there. Um, overall, it's gonna be tough for a while to catch them because of the, the padding they have. Right. Right. Yeah, I just I didn't. He seems like he's such more of a, a fixture than he actually is, even in the first season. So. Well, I think he'll gain. Like, I think he's going to pass, like, Cindy for sure soon. Yeah. The uh, yeah, he will. Yeah. yeah, I'm guessing he'll probably pass Kelly, too, uh, here, at least for a while. And he's within shadow just as Steve, too. Like, that Steve's in danger, depending on how he mm-hmm. starts season two here. So uh, he would have to really catch fire. And Brenda Brandon have to have some real down episodes. I mean, they finished top three pretty much every episode right now, so it's hard to pass them. But Steve we'll feels like our main event gatekeeper, basically. He's he's right. never really or, or upper mid card gatekeeper, maybe. He's he's never like our number one other than I think on a couple of occasions we gave it to him, but consistently he's been in like that top three, top five. Right. And that's that's really consistent consistency has been the story of Steve, I feel like. Yeah. All right. All right, let's wrap things up. Hopefully everyone enjoyed this episode. Drew, thank you so much for joining us as always. Uh, be sure to spread the word, share it around. Uh, bhnow210so.podbean.com is your new home. All things exclusive, nano210so podcast. That's Tim. I'm JT. A little dim sum, a little dim sum. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Take care. Just a dream.